This episode of Storylines is brought to you by Rafa, the Regroupement Artistique Francophone de l'Alberta. Rafa is an arts and service organization and the voice of the Francophone artistic and cultural community of Alberta. Rafa aims to promote the development and vitality of the artistic community of French expression in Alberta. For more information, visit rafa-alberta.ca. That's R-A-F-A-Alberta.ca. Now, let's hear it in French. Cet épisode vous est présenté par le Regroupement artistique francophone de l'Alberta, le RAFA, un organisme de service aux arts et porte-parole de la communauté francophone artistique et culturelle de l'Alberta. Cet organisme a pour mission de favoriser l'essor et la vitalité de la communauté artistique d'expression française de l'Alberta. Pour plus d'informations, visitez rafa-alberta.ca. And now, back to the show. Welcome to Storylines, a podcast brought to you by WIFTA, Women in Film and Television Alberta. I'm your host, Sheena Rossiter. On this week's episode... I'm really passionate about what I'm doing. But if I want to make sure that people can hear like, and see my stories, you need to promote it. If I want that to happen in French in Alberta, nobody's going to do it for me. So I need to do it. We're in conversation with producer and director Jessica LaRue. Actually, I didn't know nothing about production when I jumped. So I had to learn all that. And I was not sure. I was, I'm still not sure every day, actually, when the next paycheck is going to come. But... It's kind of worth it. Jessica straddles the worlds between fact and fiction. She started her career 20 years ago as a broadcast journalist at Radio-Canada in Quebec, and it was long-form current affairs broadcast journalism that taught her the love of storytelling. And five years ago, she opened her own production company, Far West Productions, in Edmonton with two partners. Far West started with a lifestyle show about food truck culture, Sel y Diesel. <laughs> And she quickly jumped into Scripted with Abigail, a web series that follows the trials and tribulations of a modern-day woman in her early 30s. Pas de fumeuse, pas de faux ongles, pas de nana qui se laisse aller non plus. Les longues griffes, ça m'écoeure. Protecteur buccal de la nuit. C'est dégueulasse! The second season of Abigail has just been released. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jessica. Thank you. You started your career out as a broadcast journalist. Many of the people we've been speaking to here on Storylines have also started out as broadcast journalists. What was your journey like? Was it always kind of a transition that you wanted to work a bit more in film and television, but you didn't know how to get there? How did you make that transition from journalism to documentary, ultimately to scripted? I'm always going to be a journalist. It's always something that's going to be inside me. And it's something that I did for so long. I feel I'm always kind of like a journalist all the time. I start on radio, which is funny because I'm so like, I like working with images like so much. But I start in radio and after that I switch to TV. And I realized that like telling like long stories, storytelling, I was really, really enjoying that. And I felt at one point that I didn't have the chance to really express myself like I really want as a reporter. So 
I was starting to look at like ways that I can really go in storytelling and like really doing like long pieces and subject that matter to me or things that I really want to try. It's the reason why I quit like CBC, Radio Canada, and I decided to uh, start uh, a company with uh, my two business partners. How scary was that? It was really scary. I was so scared when you're like in this kind of like, which I really enjoy and it was fun. But when you're in this kind of like job where you have like, you know, nine to five and you're you have a paycheck every two weeks now jumping to something when you don't know how it's going to work. Uh, actually, I didn't know nothing about production when I jumped. So we had to learn. I had to learn all that. And I was not sure I was. I'm still not sure every day, actually, when the next paycheck is going to come. But it's going to worth it anyway, because I'm, I just really, really enjoy doing something that I'm passionate about. And when you, I think when you're passionate about, you're going to find ways to make money with it. So take me, take me back to those initial days when Far West Productions started. How big was that jump? You said it was scary and you don't know where the next paycheck's coming from. But when you first started, was there ever a moment that you thought, maybe I didn't right, make the right decision? Actually, we start with like more like a corporate kind of project. So it was smaller. It was something that we could handle, I think, for a first project, trying to learn like the production, how it works, just basic things. But where you rent gear, like how it works. So we start with like those basic kind of project that the same here in 2015 we're like okay let's check what we can do and we had this idea of like the tv show about like food trucks working with a friend outside of far west she came to us and she's like hey i think we can like maybe work something around this food truck show so we're like okay so we built a pitch for that and we pitched to the broadcaster we had this other idea like i'm I'm gonna say more a dream to do like scripted we saw the um, micro budget from Telefilm mm-hmm. and we had like a friend coming and it's like, hey, maybe we should, because the web series, in a, it's an adaptation of a book of uh, Frank Walburton. So we start working on that. At the end, we pitch both idea and we were hoping that one of those ideas will work, but actually both of them worked <laughs> and we were super happy, but it was really, really scary because those are big, big projects for us to start. I don't know how we survived, but we did it. So. <laughs> so if somebody's just tuning into this podcast now, they might hear you saying that about pitching and big ideas. And they might not think that you're necessarily a filmmaker because you're talking like you're a businesswoman. For filmmakers, how important is it to think like a business person? You have to. I'm really passionate about what I'm doing. But if I want to make sure that people can hear like and see my stories... You need to promote it. If I want that to happen in French in Alberta, nobody's going to do it for me. So I need to do it. Wearing the hat of producer and wearing the hat of a director, that was not really a choice for us. It was just a way to do it. I want to talk a little bit about that. We are in Alberta, although Alberta does have an Alberta Franco community. How difficult is it to work in French in a predominantly English-speaking part of the country? What is like the hardest, it's find people who can work with us in French. Like basic things that maybe when you work in English you don't think about, but like a, an editor who understand what we're saying, that's really, really hard and there's not a lot in uh, Alberta. And people who can do a scripted, uh, we didn't find anybody. 
Like we didn't find anybody who can help us with that here in Alberta. I would say that's the part that is hard. The other part that I think it's like good for us, it's people are so excited, like the French community and people that surround us with our project and everybody's ready to pitch in and come and you have family, friends and everybody really wanted to work. They are so happy to see themselves because that's what it is. We were just like putting like the French community on a web series. So they are so happy. They are ready to jump in. How important is it to show this minority language community, the Franco community here in Alberta, how important is it to show that community on screen? It's really, really important. When you're in Quebec, you don't really know that there's French people outside of Quebec. You kind of hear about it, but you don't really know about it. And people, maybe people don't know that people in Quebec and people outside of Quebec, like in, let's say in Alberta, Manitoba or Ontario, they don't have the same accent. We don't have all the same accent. So I think it's really important for people in Alberta to can hear themselves, hear their accent. We're telling their stories, which is not, a, it's in French, but it's not a story from Quebec. It's not like shot in Montreal. It's shot here. And it's people from here with their accent. So I think it's really important that we have that on like the Canadian production. Let's talk a little bit about your productions and your projects that you've done. Cell y de diesel. Did I say that properly? Did I say yes. it okay? Yes, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so it translates to salts and uh, diesel in English because it is your show, a uh, lifestyle show about food trucks. Tell us a little bit about the show. Who did you speak with? How did the idea come about? That was a crazy show. That was so much fun traveling. We did it for two summer because we have two seasons. It's traveling all summer around Canada and we went a little bit in the United States. Mostly we met food trucks owners. We're just like, why they have a food trucks? How this idea start? What they are ser serving? Like how hard it is to have a food truck? It's so hard. Like it's so much work. And a lot of those people have crazy stories because a lot of those people are just passionate people. There's people who are working for the government, quit everything, bought a food truck. Now they are selling like this like specialty food. Or you have chefs, you have people who are like well-known chefs who start a food truck. Or how you have those people who at one point want to have a restaurant, but the overhead cost is way too high. So they start with a food truck. So you're traveling around Canada and you're meeting people who have like really interesting stories to tell. And they are working in an industry that it's really hard. What was the most interesting story of all the stories that you heard? Oh, there are so many good stories. But we met this guy who's a chef and he built his own food truck. And it's a two-stories food truck with a wood oven pizza in it. And he built it himself. So he's a chef, a well-known chef. But also he built this huge food truck. And I was so impressed because first, like, when did you have a restaurant? You have a food truck? When? Where? Like, how? <laughs> how do you have time? He's having like three kids. I'm I was amazed. And when we went there, it was a day when he was serving free food for people homeless people. So this guy was just so proud of his community, so proud to be part of like this Winnipeg community. So speaking of communities, your scripted web series, Abigail, tell us a little bit more about that. How does it show the community here in Edmonton? And what's it all about? 
the web series. Actually, it's an adaptation from uh, a Franco-Albertan author here. She's having uh, three books that did really, really well. And it's the story of this young woman who's like really like struggling to find love. In the season one, her family decide that she needs to go to those like speed dating kind of like <laughs> classes and she didn't like it, but she finally found love. End of the season one, we start season two. She's still with him and they discover that she's pregnant. That was not planned. So in season two, a lot of things are, it's happening to that couple. So it's just a really, really, I will say, like, really interesting love story of this, like, young woman. What we are doing, it's just we're making sure that it's, that, that story is here in Edmonton. So people, like French actors, they are mostly from theater. But now we're giving them the chance to play on TV. A lot of them never, never act for TV. So we're kind of like a lot of people from the French community on a set and we're like figuring things out because we want this to work. What's that like? It's a lot of love. It's crazy. But everybody wants that to work. They want to work. All the actors are from West. I didn't really go in Quebec. I really want people from West who speak French to have the chance to be able to work in their own language. Like scripted West, that was the first time. So we just had to create everything. What's the feedback you've received from people in Quebec about Abigail? For a lot of people, it was the first time that they heard that accent. Some people were asking, and I think it's just because they don't know, but why those people have an English accent? And it's not an English accent. It's a Franco-Albertan accent. It's the chance for them to be in contact with this accent, the chance for them to realize that there's Francophone outside of Quebec. For you, it is your first time doing a scripted series. What's that journey been like for you? When we pitched the season one for the micro budget, because I used to direct, like, this is what I do. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And I think it was really naive at first because it's such another world. It's totally different. So I kind of learned it by myself. And I went for mentor and I went for help from people that I know that are doing that. And I was asked, I asked so many questions. And I did it a lot with my uh, DP. I work with. I was working with the same DP and at Hadzo Canada. We're working. He's like in the business with me, and we kind of like worked a lot together to make that happen and make it like happen like something that it's I think kind of good. Season one, I think I developed all my tools, like how to do. I'm I'm just a really organized person, so I just need to create all those tools that like works for me. And for season two, I was like, oh, okay, I think I kind of have an idea. <laughs> Tell me a story. What was a moment that really stood out in your mind that was the biggest learning curve? What was really challenging, working with the actors. I was really, really impressed because all those like actors went to like theater school. They did it before. I never did it before. I have no clue. I don't know how to direct actor. I never did that. So the first time I met the actor, I think I had a breakdown. <laughs> I was like, okay. But actually, I discovered that this is the part that I prefer. It's so much fun. It's just this, this relation that you create with like each of them. It's so different from one people to another. And I really, really like that. And I just like this question like that you ask yourself all the time. Is it, is it really the way like she will react to this? Is it too much? Should we do a little bit more, a little bit less? Should we... Is it uh, like... And I really, really, really enjoy, actually, I really, really enjoy doing that. I'm 
but I'm learning it right now. For documentary directors then who want to make this shift to scripted and direct scripted, what's the biggest takeaway you would give to a documentary director wanting to make that change? Maybe it's going to sound cliche, but it's your instinct. You know when it's like you're, I mean, you're looking at a screen and you just need to trust yourself. You know when it's right or when it's not. And if you feel that it's not right, it's not right. Like, you know, the story that you want to tell, like at the beginning, like you have all that, like that story, but you, you read it so many times and you have like all those storylines for all the each actors that, you know, and you know that like at that moment, this is too big. This is not too big. This is because you know your story that you want to tell. So just trust yourself. How exhausting is the process of production in a scripted series? It's a lot. Because we're a small team, you need to think of everything. Like season two, it's two year and a half where it's I'm just doing that. Because there's like all the directing part that I really enjoy, but there's also this producing part that it's it's so much work. All the pre-production, the post-production, yeah. the marketing. Yeah, you have to do that. You need to do all the promotion, like with social media, you need to be organized. It's not just, oh, I'm going to do like a post here and there. No, you need a strategy. You need to be ready for that. You need to hire people. There's a lot of steps, but I think it's possible. Like it's really possible for people who want to try it. It's possible. You need to take it like one thing at a time. Let's put your business hat back on there for a second. You mentioned producing is a lot of work and it isn't just the pre-production, the production, the post-production. It's about being a cheerleader and a marketer for your own product because you could make the best web series, but if nobody watches it, where's the value in that? What's the advice you would give to a producer who is looking to produce a web series and they've never done it before? Find people who did it before and ask a lot of questions. (laughs) <laughs> this is how I did it. I mean, I, I had no clue. I, I was not sure. Just go and ask because it's hard and you want to make sure that you're doing the right thing. Okay. We have been talking a little bit about the challenges of working in production. What do you do to have a work-life balance? I'm still working on this, I think. <laughs> um, depends on the project. And I know that, like, if we're, like, in, uh, you know, when you're in production or when you're right before the production, a few months before, it's hard. It's really hard to have a life. You need to do everything. Like, you, we're, we don't have a lot of money. We cannot hire a lot of people. Uh, so there's a lot of things that we're doing by ourselves. I'm really trying when we're finishing a project to uh, just have time for myself and just doing something with nobody like just not even like uh, my boyfriend and just make sure that I'm still comfortable in what I'm doing. Thank you so much for joining us today Jessica. Thanks to you. I'm Jessica LaRue and these are my three tips for starting out in the industry. Number one, trust your instinct. You are the one who know the story that you want to tell. You know how you want to do it. So make sure that you trust yourself and you follow your instinct. Number two, don't be shy to ask a lot of questions. Find a mentor, someone that you trust, to who you can go and ask all the questions that you have. Even if you think that it's a stupid question, ask it. And number three, be open to critics. Not all the critics, 
But I think that if people are coming to you and they have something to say or they want to share, there's probably something into this that you can use to be a better director, a better producer and to grow. That's our show for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode five of Storylines. Storylines is a women in film and television Alberta production that's made possible with the generous support of Alberta's Ministry of Culture, Multiculturalism, and Status of Women. Thanks to Fava for its support on this production. And thanks to Sophie Garot Brennan for reading out our ad in French on this week's episode. Thanks very much to this week's guest, Jessica LaRue. The show's executive producers are Elise Graham, Ava Carvedin, Samantha Quantz, and Teresa Winnick. Shana Giles is our associate producer and social media coordinator. The original storyline's theme is composed by Aaron Macri and Laura Rabode. And I'm your host, senior producer and audio technician, Sheena Rossiter. Make sure you tune in every week to catch the latest Storylines episode, where you can hear interviews and get tips with leading women in film and television. You can check us out and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, follow your storylines. We can't wait to see where they lead.